Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dogbone Podcast. This week is a pretty cool one. Um, I had the the privilege, I would say, to uh, have a conversation with Martin Hops. He's of Slingley Gun Dogs, uh, based over in the UK, and he'd never done a podcast before. And we we actually met through social media um, several years ago. This was an interesting one for me because it gave me a real inside look at. Um, specifically Martin and his operation, um, but also a little bit more broad view of, of some of the stuff that's going on overseas as far as how the shoots are set up, how the the handlers are, are an integral part of it as far as a picking up team, um, and a little bit of his backstory, which was maybe the most interesting part to me. Uh, really great guy. I, I like him even more after talking to him, and, and I've uh, he's got an incredible following on on social media. If you're on Instagram, it's Slingley Gun Dogs. I think he's the same at TikTok and Facebook as well. But um, I would check him out. Really interesting guy, and I hope you enjoy this this episode. Martin, how are you doing? Hi, yourself? Good, real good. It's, a, it's the first time I've done one of these. I've, I've been asked loads of times, and I was like, yeah, I don't really, like, that's why I don't, like, obviously my videos, I don't really speak on my videos. Yeah, when we messaged back and forth, I made it pretty clear I'm not a good interviewer. So yeah. when you when you combine not a good interviewer with a guy who doesn't like to talk, we could have a real short podcast. It could be real, yeah, no, but no, uh, no. I think we'll be just fine. I don't want to be real formal. Um I'm very interested in, in picking your brain and I'm hoping to find out a little bit more as we get into it, but Martin, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and then we'll, we'll go from there. If you wouldn't mind, give me a little background on right, yourself. So, right, so I'm Martin, uh, obviously owner of Slingley Gun Dogs. Um, we've been going since 2018. Um, we started with one dog and obviously now I've got 15 Labradors. Okay. What, um, when you say kennel, is that a you you do breeding right? Do you do do you bring dogs in for training or are they just you just training yeah, your dogs? Yeah, yeah, I, I do residential training, so obviously people bring their dogs to me and they stop sure. for minimum of two weeks ongoing, depending on what the dog needs. Okay, from general obedience to start the gun dog work. Um, I haven't done finished gun dog work yet. Um, obviously I get asked a lot. It's just you know yourself. It's a lot of time. Um, yeah. It's hard to, you know, yourself. It's hard to put a figure on, custom-wise, to keep a dog from a puppy to train up to a fully trained dog. Sure. And when you start adding the figures up, some people think, "Wow, yeah," it, it becomes a lot of money. So I always say to people, get your dog as long as you're putting them basics into that dog from a young age. I do sit, walk the heel, and obviously recall is the three main things. I don't really focus on retrieving because mm -hmm. 99% of dogs should retrieve. Yeah. In my eyes. Um, and I've never had really an issue with the dog coming to me that won't retrieve. Um, so, and then I say to them, bring it back when it's around eight months of age. And obviously, you know, yourself depend on the dog. So that's about it. Well, it, so I think it's, and that's a, that's a really good intro because I think it's, I'm like, I've made this list of questions and, and you're already hitting yeah. on some of them, but I, I find it interesting. So you said eight months. 
of age is when you typically have them? I, I don't take anybody else's dog from about eight till it's about eight months on onwards. Sure. Um, so I, I still think some are a bit puppyfied. Yeah. Um, even at eight months old. Um, but I do get the odd one that comes and you think, wow, yeah. like I get a dog that would be in for one or two days and then instantly you can see it's in the dog. Mm-hmm. And then I get yeah. dogs in that's for a week to 10 days and not even come to you. Right, right. I'll just be run outside with my dogs, comes back in and wants to go back in the kennel. Sure. Uh, obviously you get a dog and you think, even just from introducing yourself to the dog, when the owner brings the dog, you can see in the dog straight away, this is going to be a good dog. Yeah. What? Um. Uh, when did you start? So, when did you start training dogs? Uh, twenty eighteen. Obviously, I got my first Labrador in twenty eighteen. Um, what happened was I moved to a farmhouse, obviously five years ago. Um, so busy renovating the house, and a guy I worked with at the time was picking one shoots for twenty five plus years with a pack mm-hmm. of dogs. Um, and my friend was helping us renovate it. And he says, oh, Ian from works had a little Labrador puppies. I went to see them last night. And my wife was like, I'm not buying one. He was like, oh, I don't know. And she was like, oh, we'll go and get one as a surprise for her. So I was still doing the house. And my wife and my friend went out and then came back with a Labrador puppy for me as well. So That's your I, first Labrador? Yeah, that's my first Labrador, yeah. You're shitting me. 2018. So, yeah, so this is pretty new to you. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so obviously I got chatting to Ian more at work and obviously he was telling us about what he does, picking up wise and he shot and what fell in. And uh, obviously he, he got me introduced into pheasant shooting. Mm-hmm. So I went with him when my first dog was six months old, done some beating. Then the previous year, uh, the next year, obviously I went on the grouse mill with him when Hunter was a year old. And um I was just walking down the gross mower with the dog and a couple of trainers from this country chatting on about different things. And my dog, obviously the guy I was chatting to had a pack of dogs and uh, my dog kept bringing the gross back and I kept giving them as a guy to put in his bag because I didn't have a game bag. Mm-hmm. So I so was just chatting away and then I like, halfway down, he was like, I tell you where it is, Martin, carry your own birds and get your own picking up team. So that was on a Friday. So by the Monday, I'd came home, I'd bought two Labrador puppies and I bought a year old bitch. No so within kidding. a week, I asked what Labrador does. Oh, wow. So I'm really surprised at that because I, I figured you were going to tell me, oh, I've been training for 25 years. Oh, no. no so, so, so let me just so because on our like on my end, I've got a pretty good understanding, but not not the details. And I maybe maybe uh, yeah. it, what I understand is what I've heard. And, and so hearing it directly from someone who experiences it is probably the accurate way to do it. But people that will be listening to this, I do think it's important to understand too the differences for us to understand the differences when it comes to the hunting part of it. And, and you call pick, you call it picking up, um, shooting, yeah, you know, picking the, dead, yeah, pick the dead, picking the dead game. Yeah. Yeah. So we call it, we call it picking up here. Yeah, obviously, Obviously, uh, obviously, the lab shoots over here have a picking up team. So the shoots I go to, there's five picking up guys, and everybody's got a minimum of four or five dogs. Um, and obviously, when the horn goes at the end of the drive, obviously we let the dogs go at every tree of the birds. So we call that as picking up. And how many is that a job? Like, is that something you get paid for? Or is that just well, something yeah, you do? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously you get paid over here, but obviously it's seasonal and obviously it goes through the tax at most big estates, obviously pay the tax on that for you. Okay. And it gives you as a handler the best opportunity to give your, your dog's experience, right? 
Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Because there's not, there's nothing like the real thing. You, you know yourself, you can practice as much as you like. Right. But in, until you're not rip shooting deer and the scenario is there in front of you, and you're standing there with a pack of dogs, and there's just birds dropping left, right, and centre. Yeah. And you, all you want is them dogs to sit and wait. Because some shoots allow you to pick as the drives are going, depending on where you're based. Um, obviously, if they're dropping in the, into the river, they want you to retrieve them as quick as they can, otherwise they're downstream. Right. But 99% of the time when they land on the land, unless they've been clipped, which we call a runner, yep. then we'll send the dog for the runner. But most of the dead birds are just left to the horn goes and the guns are finished. Sure. And then the dogs retrieve them afterwards. So in a situation like that, that's on private property, right? Like that would be an estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's private land. Yeah, private estates. Yeah. Do you, as a hand, as a picker upper, is that what they would call it, picker upper? Yeah. It, yeah. As probably. as a person coming in to do the picking up, is that something that like is there a high demand for that, or is that something where you get on a waiting list, or do you gotta know it's, somebody? It depends. It it is like the one I'm on now at the moment is local to me, and it's a it's the goal might. For people who pick up, it's probably one of the best shooting estates in this area. So to get on that shoot, obviously I'm feel quite privileged to be honest. Yeah. Um, so a lot of guys who tend to pick up are more the older gentlemen. So like they'll be in the late sixties now because and they have done it for twenty plus years. Where like I've just turned forty five, I've been doing it for picking up really for three a year. Mm-hmm. So that probably's got twenty years on me still. Right. And so, is that just a, I mean, is that a connect? Is it someone you knew? Is it like a relationship thing that you were able to get that opportunity? Obviously, the the shoot I'm on, obviously, one of my friends runs a pheasant shoot uh, mm-hmm. based up in the borders, obviously. So, obviously, he, he invited me on a shoot to pick up that a shoot. But the local shoot was just literally, I got a message through Instagram saying, Do you want some deers picking up? Sure. And obviously, went from that. Okay. And, is that something that like is that uh, that's a season, right? Yeah, it's season. Yeah. How often do you? How often are you able to do it? Um, obviously, it's three or four days a week on the pheasants. Okay. But obviously, if you get on the groves and partridge, obviously from the twelfth of August, some shooting estates shoot six days a week, Monday to Friday. Really. And yeah, where for, is it? Lo- like, where are you? Where are you actually I'm located? I'm based in County Durham. Okay. Is that that's um, so, you're gonna so not, have to forgive me for my ignorance? It's the north northeast of England. Okay, okay. And when you say the moors, that's shooting grouse, right? Shooting grouse, yeah. And those are truly wild birds, right? Like that's not a raised yeah. bird. No, no, just truly wild birds. Yeah. What do you prefer? Pheasants. Yeah. Yeah. More action. Uh, not so much action. It's just obviously the higher birds, aren't they? Obviously, driven grouse is obviously just coming across your grouse butts where the pheasants are high birds and you see sure. some very, very good. So the grouse are driven as well? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, you'll have it. Obviously, your grouse mower will consist on a team of beaters, which depend on the size of the mower, could be 20 to 30 beaters spread across the mower. And then obviously, that would swing the drive the land in towards the guns. Okay. To the grouse butts. And then obviously, I shoot see. through. I guess I thought I envisioned the hunting on the moors for the grouse. I thought it was almost like a walk-up type. Well, well some some grouse moors are walk up, walk up deers, but obviously these bigger states are all driven grouse. Oh, okay, okay. So they obviously they'll have a, a baiting team which will push the birds towards the guns. Are they using dogs to do that? Yeah, Spaniels? yeah, people love dogs, but obviously they'll, they'll just push them in and out as they go, 
and obviously before they say they come a couple hundred metres before they get the guns, obviously they'll keep hanging the dogs back so they don't yeah. run through the drive and spoil the drive. But okay. as you walk, obviously the grouse was run for miles, so you could be walking 30, 40 minutes beating birds to the grouse butts. So sure. obviously the dogs are just running freely till you get closer to the guns, obviously yeah. for safety issues as well. Yeah. Now the pheasant, the pheasant shoots, you prefer, and you're saying the high birds, and for people that don't, yeah. for people that have never seen it, like you'll you'll literally push birds off over like cliffs, basically, right? And the yeah, guns will cliffs, be in the valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cliffs, valleys, obviously, cross tops of trees. Yeah, and yeah. it just creates much more challenging shooting. Oh, it does, yeah, yeah, and, and the, the height some of them climb is just phenomenal. Right, right. Now you shoot too, don't you? A little bit. I only really started myself last year shooting as well, to be honest. Really? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So obviously, I've done. Obviously, back in the last year, obviously, I went to a clear ground, had a few goes, then I bought myself a gun, and then got obviously I had to get a license first. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I've done a few pheasant deers now. Yeah. Is that is it hard to do? Is it hard to get a, a license to be able to shoot over there as a hunter? Yeah. Yeah, it takes takes forever. It took about three or four months to get a license. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. I mean, it's a huge, obviously a big difference between America and in a lot of the other places in the world, which I'm very grateful for. But um, it's something I probably take for granted. You know, like I, I I think I take for granted the gun stuff. I take for granted, and when I say that, I mean like the rights to have and and do what we do with them. Um, the land part of it. You know, we get a hundred. We get a lot of land. I don't know how much you know about hunting over here but it's it's we have very good opportunity on like public ground you know it's it's anyone could hunt it if they wanted to yeah which yeah. which is which is which is a treat you know it's like something pretty special you end, you end, up, you end up in jail over here you want of course people's lama guns here <laughs> yeah so we got some big differences yeah no doubt about it um when you so when you when you shoot when you started shooting now you you said you're 45 yeah so I'm 40, I'm 40, I'm 43. I think yeah, I was 45 for a second. I was, I, was, I was 45 last Wednesday. Sure. Well, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, so we're right in the same, we're kind of right in the same bracket age-wise. Yeah. What did you do? What did you do prior to the dog? Is the dog's a full-time thing for you? Yeah, it is now. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, you... never, was, never, was never meant to be. Um, I used to work in a, for a shipping agent. Used to put cars on off the ships. Okay. In the port. Yep. Um, but I've done loads of jobs over the years. Sure. Um, yeah, I've been like all right, all right enough to just pick and choose, really, to be honest. Okay. And I have seen. Do you did you like race? You race bikes and stuff. Well, obviously, I've done a bit of mountain biking. Yeah. Um, done that for a few years. Yeah. Hobby or as a profession? A bit of both. A bit of both. A lot of my friends race professionally. Uh, some of them race uh, down the World Cups and stuff like that. Sure. Oh, well, then, well, then, Jiro's obviously was more just fun for me. Okay. And golf. Tell me about golf because we messaged back and forth a oh, little bit here. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, I've played, I've played golf on and off since being a kid. Um, and then obviously, I've got three grown boys. Um, it was race motocross, go karts uh, growing up. And then obviously, I got them into golf back in 2013, my oldest boy. Um, and obviously, we've just played on and off ever since. So, but obviously with dogs and stuff, it's it's fine in the time. Sometimes I've got the time and sometimes I haven't got the time. So right. I'm I hadn't played for a couple of years and then last year he was on our to play golf. So I joined the local golf course 
last April. My son says to us, will you rejoin this year? So obviously I've just rejoined the golf club this year uh, to play again. So just obviously, it's just that's just another hobby, you know what I mean? It's just to, it's just to get us away from the house, to be honest, because now I do now the dog's full of time. I do everything from home. So right. I'm here 24-7. Yeah. What I'm sensing is whatever you pick up, hobby-wise, work-wise, whatever it is, you you have a tendency probably to elevate pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All my friends say that as well, because obviously once once I do something, I'm like 100% committed. Yeah. We like, I got a buddy like I got a buddy like that. We call him the natural because it's like yeah. whatever he does, it's just real natural to him. And he just catches on to it really, really yeah. quickly. And he's always good at it. He's always, yeah. it's always that one guy that he's always good at whatever he's doing. Yeah. And so yeah, my, my, my friends say that. <laughs> yeah. I could totally sense that and totally, yeah. totally see that. And I, so now when you, when you start talking back about the dogs, you've got 15 dogs of your own. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 Well, I've got 30, well, I've got, 13 Labradors. I've got a Golden Retriever who's 11 who's just been a family pet, obviously, for yeah. 11 years. She, she she actually used to come mountain biking with us and run down the trails with us. Sure. Um, in the woods and stuff. And then, obviously, I'm just getting two new puppies, which are 15 weeks old at the moment. Little fox red dogs? Yeah, the two fox red ones, yeah. Yeah, a little white, little white crest on them? Yeah. Where, where, now, now, those were not... You didn't breed those dogs. Oh, no. I, obviously, the last litter of pups I had was from my red bitch with me black dog and she had a couple of yellows and I was wanting a, a red, red dog out of her. And mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't, she wasn't quite as red as what I was wanting. So a guy down the road who had a litter of puppies, I seen the, the red dog and I was like, oh, I'll have one of them. Sure. And then he just messaged, oh, there's a puppy, you're you not coming to get picked of the litter. So obviously I just went down and picked it. And then I went, actually went back down to meet my red bitch with one of these red stud dogs with my son and look, there was a couple of more boy pups left in out of that litter in the pen and my son picked the pup up and I was like oh I will take that home so I just put it in the car she sent the wife a text so that's another... how you came home with two yeah so I said wife we've got another puppy and she went you better not have so <laughs> good luck my son, son started video call and now the puppy sitting on his knee driving up the motorway hard to argue with the look of them though they're really cute yeah, looking yeah. dogs yeah they're great yeah so now you got a chocolate dog too, don't you? Yeah, I've got a chocolate lab. Yeah, she, I've got, actually got a chocolate lab puppy still here from Hope. Um, Coco, she's going to Spain, so obviously we're going to Spain so I get the rabies vaccine. So obviously I've got to keep all of her till she's just over sixteen weeks. Okay. So she, yeah, she's she's a lovely little puppy as well. It's pretty rare, isn't it, over by you? You don't see a lot of chocolates, do you? You, you, you do. There's a lot of people getting into them now, um, but. Of course, obviously, people see a chocolate's not as clever as black and yellow dogs. Um, but she's what a, what a nose she's got on her. She's got an unbelievable nose. Yeah, interesting. Probably, she's probably got a better nose. She's probably got a better nose than all the other dogs. Really? She would literally run out of my house to go to me field where I do the business. And I'll throw a tennis ball down, and she would run and just spin round. Sure. And the other dogs would just be running the field. Now, is she yeah. out of chocolates, or is she? What were her parents? She's bred out of, she's bred from, uh, obviously she's bred from blacks originally. Um, yeah. So she's got black in her pedigree. So she's, yeah. she's bred from working in champion lines, obviously okay. to get the, get the style. Yeah. That, and so now I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you a question about the breeding part because, it, well, before I do that, I'm going to ask you about your training stuff because 
I am real fascinated by, so I, I don't know how much you know about myself, but like, I, I really appreciate a, a style of training. That's a bit more probably patient. I think, um, I take a lot longer. Yeah. I don't know how much you know about America. Do you know much about American style training or American dogs? Well, obviously I watch your videos and stuff and obviously sure. I follow a couple other people in America. So we, I would say, um, I would say we do it myself and, and there are plenty of people that train similar to how I do over here. It's not, I'm certainly not, certainly not just me, but I don't use, a, I don't use a collar. I don't use a shock collar yeah. over here. And that's, I would say that's probably rare for American trainers. It's not, I'm certainly not the only one who does that, but yeah. um, it's not the rule. Do do yeah. people, can you even use a shock collar over there? Well, apparently, well, I don't think you, you can, but apparently obviously they're, they're getting, supposed to be banning them over here. I think some people might use them, but nobody, okay. nobody personally uses them. It's not common. Oh, no. Okay. And so my style of training that I, that I prefer I, is very much inspired by the trainers over overseas, you know, the, the, the UK yeah. style of training. Yeah. Um, and I feel, I, I just find it a lot more satisfying. I enjoy it more. I, I feel like I develop more connection with the dogs. I, I, it's a personal thing and it fits me much better. Um, where did you find, I mean, if you've only been training for five years, where did you find your inspiration or motivation as far as, like I just, I just, I just wanted a good shooting. All I wanted was a good shooting dog with good obedience. Mm -hmm. So every dog that comes now, all, I, every dog that comes for training to me gets treated like it's my dog. Yeah. So obviously, it's walk with my dogs, socialize with my dogs, and everything. Yeah. It's trained individually. Mm -hmm. It's trained with my dogs to steady it up. So everything I do is just based around that dog. I don't treat train, no shock collars or. Yeah any sort of stuff like that it's all just affection yeah 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 where'd you learn it i don't know you, you're just the natural yeah just just yeah just obviously like i say people say is it like obviously like yourself can't say that think i've been training 10 15 years like yeah and I've, I've met people along the lines and they're saying the same this year i know people who's been doing this game 20 plus years and they kind of get the dogs doing what you're doing right so just a good compliment. I suppose. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I feel like, like I would call you a person that has a real good hand. Like you, I'm sure yeah. you, you have a real good hand with the dogs and yeah. that, that speaks, I mean, that speaks a lot. And it, what it tells me is I'm a, I'm a believer in a few things. I think mechanics are important. I think understanding timing is really important in, in understanding how dogs learn. But I also think that feel and connection and trust is real important. I can sense it immediately yeah. watch and, and you don't even talk in your videos and i can sense yeah. it yeah and that's that's one of the reasons i don't talk in the videos because obviously like now i'm not really one for talking i'm more of a doer than sure talk about it you know what i mean like you yeah, can bring yeah. us your dog and train your dog and when you come and collect your dog we'll run through everything what i've done with your dog i'll tell you everything what you need to keep on with with your dog yeah but like doing one-on-one -one lessons like you do yourself and you do a group training lots yeah. of people have asked us to do that but that's just, I don't know. That's just not me. That's not your comfort zone. No, no. Yeah. Well, no, and I, well, I think what it, so when I hear that, I hear, I hear a lot of, from you, it, body language is as important as verbal or audible yeah. language. Yeah. 
And, and, and I'm a total, and it's one of the things that I really find myself struggling with when I, cause we do a lot of video, we try to film a lot. And the reason we try to film a lot is right. to try to help other people. And the problem yeah. I run into is you got to talk too much to explain what you're doing and it gets in the way. I think. It does, yeah. Yeah. It does, yeah. Cause obviously you're not concentrating fully on what you're doing. Are you? Totally. And, and I think that dog picks up on the idea of you're not talking to them. You're talking to some other person or you're talking to this camera and it, and I think they they read us so well, and I think they recognize very quickly that I'm I'm only a portion of me is committed to them, and I in for in order to get them to commit to me, I got to give them me. You know, it's like a two way street there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, good. um, so when you when you come when it comes to to so have you had any formal training? Like, have you watched anything? No. That, obviously and obviously getting into the dogs obviously obviously i've watched videos and stuff but i've never really watched somebody's video and thought oh i like the way he trains or i like that yeah. i've just done my own thing to be honest and then when you go online now instagram everybody's doing what i do if you say like i get my friends and people message me and saying oh have you seen this video he's doing exactly what you do now but yeah. which is a good compliment but if you've got a pack of dogs picking up, you should be able to send one at a time right. and not have 10 dogs on the same bird. Right, right. So we are looking at Now, do, is that not, a, isn't that kind of like a mandatory thing in the estate, in the shoots that you have? Like, what is the level of, because I'm from more, I'm probably more familiar with like field trials over there. Some shoots want you to have the dog on the leads. Oh, really? To the end of the day, so they don't break and don't disrupt the guns because in the day the game good money to shoot birds don't yeah. want dogs running around the feet or even knocking a gun over yeah um so like i say that's why i just did what shoots i go in the tent only pick runners or clip birds yeah and obviously so get picked up and dispatched as quick as possible and uh, so 99 percent of the time the dead birds are just left to the horn goes at the end of the drive sure how like, so how how much do you know about like the field trials over there um obviously my friend's trial, obviously, uh, got failed trail champions, and they've tried to get me into it. Obviously, I've done a novice test last year, an open test with a couple of the dogs, and Fergus in the novice was one point off scoring. Um, and obviously, obviously, Raider White One is a failed trail award winner anyway from my friend. Okay. But all the dogs, bar, so 13 dogs are all bred from failed trail champions. So you do have a value to the the from a pedigree standpoint for you, yeah. Because you, you're very much like a utility guy. You're 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 the you're the working dog, right? I mean that's that's what you're building. Yeah. Working dogs. Is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. My dog, my it, dogs, my dogs are solely. Sorry, we don't go ahead, sorry, Jeremy. I'm saying my dogs are solely for picking birds. So sure. what what you see on my videos during the off season to me is messing about because. I've got 15 dogs, and why do I want to leave 15 dogs kennel all day? Yeah. When where I live, I've got the facilities and the area to train. And people think I train every day. Like, I've done a couple of runs with a dummy launcher about four days ago. They've never had the dummy launcher since. Yeah. Right. Because obviously, I'm busy, I'm busy training other people's dogs. So sure. it's, it's fine that balance of doing that and doing your own dogs. But obviously, my dogs are a good level now where I could spend a week before shooting season. And they could be back up to scratch yeah. within the week. Right. So, and 99% of the time, we just work, work walking and having fun. Right. How, how is your setup right now? Like where, where you live, you live out in the country? Probably 400 acres here. 
Okay. Um, we've got 12 acres of woods. Well, all the land, I've got a big pond with hides on, which I can use as much as I want. So it's really good, to be honest. Yeah. And now that was before or after you got the dogs? That was, you moved there before the, you got the dogs? Yeah, I moved, there, I moved there before I got the dogs. Obviously, I moved there in the same year. I got my first dog in 2018. Okay. And, and then the, the, the farmer's like, like he's a lovely guy. And obviously, he just lets us do what I want, to be honest. That's awesome. I mean, that's probably yeah. pretty rare, huh? You don't see yeah. that everywhere? Yeah. Oh, well, there is, there is. If you live rurally, there is plenty of spots where obviously, obviously, they all have a crop protection. So you're shooting pigeons. Sure. Come, come when they're planting the seed, and then we do the harvest in a few weeks. So I'll be pigeon shooting on there with the dogs. Okay. Cool. Uh, so going back to the, the, the pedigrees and the genetic parts of it in the trialing. So like I, I have a, I very much pay close, pretty close attention to different um, pedigrees as far as trialing. I feel like that's the measuring stick. How yeah. how realistic do you feel that transitions from field trialing where you are to hunting, to picking up, to being a a, a, a working gun dog? Yeah. Well, most of the trialing guys pick up come shooting season anyway. So most of the trialing guys over here go picking up, and obviously they are, they are doing yeah, that. Yeah, they, they are picking up with their dogs, but most places, like I say, it'll know that. So you could have a set of picking up guys like us at my shoot, and then two guys from a trial and background would come, mm -hmm. and the would see that then pick a few birds, and then just sweep after them. So obviously the trialing guys will. They'll see a marked bird and they'll just line the dog up and send the dog for the bird. So yeah. obviously they have practice scenarios with their dogs. So most most people who trial over in the UK pick up on a shoot somewhere or a shooting sure. estate. So the transition is realistic. Yeah, yeah. Which to me, so hearing that is good and, and reaffirming because like I I do think that. Um, styles of dogs you know we we've got a different we've got a little bit different style of dog over here um labrador but but they're bred a little differently and i think that a, not all of them but a lot of them and i what i think is really influential in that difference is our measurement which is our field trial systems which are there's a couple different versions of our field trial systems and um yeah. But they don't, I, I, the struggles I have with them is that the translation or transferring to the actual hunting. And I'm a hunter. So like my dogs are always built to be hunting dogs first. Hunting, yeah. And, and I feel like your dogs over there for me personally are very much the best fit. And I think that that is partially because they're built the, the way they're built aligns with the way we hunt in a lot of situations yeah yeah it probably is yeah. and, and it's and it makes life easier so like like i'm a big believer in the idea of training um i would like to make it as easy as possible like i'm not looking for the biggest challenge so yeah. the right dog helps you know helps oh it does yeah 100 because like you see you can get a dog and then it can just have no drive at all or right. you can get a dog that's what that dog like tight wildfire. Yeah. And obviously you can turn a dog down, but you can't really turn a dog up. Right. Right. 
What's your, what's, what's your preference? I mean, are you breeding when you breed, are you breeding specifically to try to fit yourself? Or are you trying to fit? Do you sell puppies to clients? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've, breed, I've had four litters this year already. Okay. Do you, are you breeding? What's your intentions? Like what's your plan or what's your goal when it comes to your breeding? Uh, obviously just to try and breed the best Labradors, health tested Labradors, uh, good pedigrees, obviously great temperament. Yeah. Like a, a Labrador will suit any home, whether it be family pet, uh, active pet home or a working home. Right. Um, that's the type of breeding I'm looking at for my owners. Yeah. My dogs. Obviously, you don't you don't want to put two fly machines together, otherwise you're gonna have a litter of wildfires. Right, right. So do, I guess across the the temperament of the dog. Do you? How many of them do you keep back for training? None. Most you sell None. them all. They're all sold as puppies. Yeah, all go. I have been like I said previously. I've been asked lots of times from a lot of people from over the states to keep a dog, to train a dog, to send it over. But it's not that I can't do it. My reasoning is I'll become attached to the dog. Yeah, yeah. And I'll probably not want to sell it. That's hard. No, <laughs> that's, I go that's through the that. Reason, that's, the, that's, the, that's the top and bottom of it, why I won't do it, because I couldn't keep a dog for a year and yeah. sell it to somebody. Right. I've, just, I've kept a pub back there for somebody for an extra five weeks because they were on holiday uh, one of the previous letters at the beginning of the year and my wife become that attached to the dog she told us to tell the people who had bought the puppy they can have one from the next letter because we're keeping this one sure yeah that's so hard this is what we can't do that just already paid us for the puppy right right like, and obviously when when the lady came and collected the dog obviously the wife was in tears the lady was in tears yeah and well, you care I, you guys care about him i mean Oh yeah, yeah. I I speak to from my first ever litter back in twenty twenty. Was it twenty twenty? Yeah, twenty twenty. My first ever litter. I still speak to the owners regularly from my first ever litter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I first my first first ever litter. Three my friends have pups from that litter. So you you got they're close. You you're able to follow them. The puppies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got all around us obviously but i've got pups as far south as you can go and yeah. up towards the top of scotland hmm. yeah it it's the hardest part for me probably when it comes to starting a pup for someone because i usually that's how i usually do it i usually keep them for quite yeah. a while yeah. um but i do it the reason i do it is because i really want to understand the pup I, they're always out of litters that we've bred and i don't breed very often yeah. but the few yeah. times that i do i really want to see what they are like you know yeah and so yeah. for me, the easiest way to do that is to keep a, keep a few back. If not, I, I can't keep them all. My wife would never let me do that, but yeah. um, I keep a few back. And then I, I do the same thing. I've got, I've got friends and I've got people that are pretty close that I'm sending them to. And then I'm able to really get good feedback on, yeah. you yeah. know, the, the stuff yeah. that I like. like the I stuff I, that. Yeah. Like I see, I speak to people a lot. Who's got puppies. Like I'm always, I'm always at the end of a phone. If somebody needs some advice, Shame. Um, and obviously a couple of them's gone to trial and homes and one of them just 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 turned just just over two year old um she's doing well in the trial and uh down south sure. uh she's had a few awards already which is good to know yeah yeah no really good to know right i mean reassuring of what you're doing yeah. um 
what's with you so if you don't keep pups you're not keeping pups out of your own litters you're you're going outside and buying pups then just, just I, the plan wasn't to obviously I, obviously the Zena who I've got who's the white bitch she's a home red bitch mm -hmm. um, and the plan was to keep a red bitch and then the next litter which I'm going to probably be reading Luna I'm going to keep a black bitch from that okay plan was always to try and keep a bitch from every bitch as we were going. Yeah. But just so happens the red bitch wasn't as rare as I wanted. So obviously yeah. I bought a red bitch in. Yeah. Otherwise I wouldn't have bought another dog in. Right. So obviously the plan's obviously to keep one lines. Obviously I put my best dog with Neil the good dog and kept the pup back from that. Yeah. And then I'm going to put Reed, who's another good dog, with the black bitch, who sure. both went on pedigrees and great shooting dogs, keep a pup from that later. Because she's had two litters already, mm -hmm. and the both litters are just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, people lose both pups from the previous litters are already on the list for the next litter. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, so you do you have specific dogs that have you been able to like observe dogs on these shoots that catch your eye from other handlers oh, yeah, that you go, oh man, that's yeah. You see, like yeah, you see plenty of nice dogs. Yeah, like I see a friend who trials. He's got he's got a cracking dog coming through at the minute. He's already made it a, a winner. It's just over two year old at the minute. Um, he's hoping to make it a champion by the end of the year. Yeah, man, what a great opportunity for you when you're on those to really be able to proof it and see it in the like. That's the hardest part for me over here, and 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 a lot of friends of mine that that are into it as well. You know, we you can hear about dogs, and that's important. You know, that's there's value in that. Um, you can obviously see what they've done from a award standpoint, but I also feel like sometimes the best dog doesn't win. And sometimes yeah. the best dog that fits me, and I shouldn't say the best dog, but like the best dog for me isn't always necessarily the winner, but there are certain yeah. things about it that if you see them in person, yeah. you can pick up on that pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 Obviously at the beginning of the year, I shot a, a field trial for the kennel club over here up Scotland. And obviously I was shooting with a couple of my friends and obviously the dog there were running their dogs in the trial. And I'd seen some very nice dogs that day and they got put out really on the wrong bird. You know what I mean? Because you know yourself, if you're walking up and they shoot a bird, sure. 60 yards there, then you shoot a bird 60 yards, puts down a canyon. It's a bit harder to find than a bird that's right. 60 yards up the field, right. isn't it? Exactly. So I'll see the Obviously, the, judge, the judges who score, and obviously you get marked extra yeah. on the grid for that type of thing. Right. Yeah, that's the and hard part. See, sorry. Don't go ahead. See, and so you'll, you'll see a dog run out, and that might miss that bird, but it's probably done two previous good retrieves before that, and you're like, I like that dog. Yeah, right. It's, it's very much the challenging part, I think, about trials is that they're subjective and not objective. But I, I also yeah. like the... I like the idea of it not necessarily like I, I think there's a our trials over here are really um they're really fair. Like everybody gets the same setup. It's very fabricated. And so yeah, it's yeah. it's not natural, it's not wild, it's very yeah. fabricated and, and we all get the same thing. And yeah. I think I understand the equality part of that, like, but I also look at it and I go, it it makes it, I think, more difficult to truly figure out the best dog where your the the realism of the hunt yeah the the a lot of it is luck like if you get yeah if you get a chance to pick a runner like yeah 
you know, not everybody gets the chance. Right. Yeah. But I, I feel like over time, the best dogs can more will win consistently. Oh and, yeah. 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 And that's what, that's what I'll see. I'll see it. There's, there's no such thing as a perfect dog because right. it was a perfect dog. It would, it would be like a golfer or a football player. They'd be winning every tournament, be scoring five or six times a match. Right. It wouldn't win a champion, wouldn't be a field trail champion, then not win nothing for months right. and doing something else. Right, right. Just obviously, you know, you still have to look on the deer. Yeah. Get the right bird, right scenario. And right. it's if, if the dog's going, it's A's turn on the deer. Right, right. And that's, we have that here. Um, I, I have a setter. Um, do you guys you guys have many pointing dogs over there? You see many? Yeah, you can see them. Yeah, yeah. Me, me friend Sunbraid's pointing dogs. He's got uh, Harris Hawks. So he takes out hunting the dogs, pointing the birds, and sends the birds after them. Yeah. So I, I've got this setter, an English setter puppy. Um, it's about a year and a half old now, but um, we we hunt our grouse are are wood grouse. They're rough grouse, but they're in the woods. And so we have trials over here their grouse trials for for pointing dogs and their wild birds and it's one of the very it's not there's not very many wild bird trials anymore over here um it's one of the parts that i find to be equalizing a little bit is the idea of it is really wild birds and it and and, and it's not always fair either because like you run a different course and there might be birds on it there might not be birds on it there might be more on some than others and but it's again it's this idea of over long over the longevity of it the best dogs will be the most consistently placing and and that to me is the best way i think to measure um truly measure dogs over time as opposed to like you know you could win you could win once here and win once here and win once here and all of a sudden you're a champion yeah but it's you know it's it's just different and i feel like the that's the beauty and i don't know i'm not really familiar with all of the requirements and how many wins you need to have and what type of stakes and all that stuff. But I mean, it's how big is, how big is field trialing over there? Is it like a, is it a big deal or is it a pretty small world? No, it's, yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah. Do you think you, I mean, is it something that interests you? I will have a go at some point. You will. At some, at some point I will have a go. Yeah, just just to say what it's like. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I've done like I've done, I've done a working test, which what, is obviously what is, like what you describe that. Work, obviously, the working test is where, like you say yourself, every dog gets the same run. Sure. So dummies. Four tri- yeah, dummies. Yeah, four or five trials. There'll be blinds, marks. Sure. Marks the shot. Yeah. Blinds the shot, and every dog gets a chance. So there could be like 120 dogs in a working test. And obviously you get scored on you retrieving and stuff. Okay. So it's it's calculated on points. Yeah, points, yeah. And then is it like pass? Is it like you get so many and you pass, or is it the most points wins? Most points wins. So like every every test is a score out of 20. Okay. So the, the, your judges will mark you on your on your dog running out, say retrieving it and giving it the hand. Sure. And that way. And are there lots of those too? Those yeah. types of tests? Yeah, there's plenty of working tests. That obviously work the working tests are running now all the way until shooting season starts. Okay. And then once the shooting season starts, that's when the trialing will start. Yeah, well obviously, yeah, people start 
trialing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, the trials are, are on shoots, right? Yeah. And so you got, they coincide. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously they'll have walk up trials like yourself. Yeah. And will you, um, you pick, do you pick up three or four days a week during the shooting season? Yeah. Wow. That's a ton. Of, I mean, yeah. so your dogs are picking a ton of birds in the season. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I get, I get asked obviously, obviously people message all the time saying how many bird days are you on, and obviously the shoot I go on is between two and four hundred birds, and then somebody reply and say, "Oh, well, I pick up on a two hundred bird day with two dogs," but it depends where you're picking up. Right. If you're picking up in the woods and you've got two dogs, you're not picking up thirteen dogs are picking higher. Right. Right. You're not coming as much ground as 13 dogs with two dogs. Right. And in the shoot them on, it's all about collecting every bird as you can. So not only have I got my dogs, you've got five other guys with five or six dogs each as well. So on that one shoot, you probably have 35 to 40 dogs. And that's if the gun hasn't got a dog. Right. And the beaters haven't got dogs. That's picking birds on the way as well. Do you rotate your, your groups, your dogs? How do you, how do you, Decide who's going to have Some Obviously, you always take your best dogs. You know what I mean? You take your ones who is reliant on it. Like, obviously, some of the drivers are going, it's on a river. So the current's that strong. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't take wig dogs on the river drive. Otherwise, it'd be down down the river. And you yeah. wouldn't say them again. And it's just a, obviously, you know yourself, it's working your dog, reading your dog. So at the minute, I'm spending a lot of time at the river, getting the young dogs in the water, getting them just sitting in the current. Yeah. Getting them used to it. Um, then obviously I fling a few dummies in and I want them to get, go for the dummy, come out downstream, come on back up. Well, obviously you get some dogs want to get in, get the dummy and want to try and swim in the current and come back towards you. So the name of the game is to train them to come out with the bird sure. up the side rather than try and swim in the current. Is that the, so the videos that I've seen where your dogs are all in the water, are you holding them in the water? They're kind of all kind of hovering and swimming up the current. You're holding them in yeah. the water. Of flinging stones in front of them. Oh, okay. So you're you're so, keeping them in there to, to to hunt. I'm keeping them in the current in, in that current from for three to five minutes. Sure. Sometimes, and I'm like, I'll let them come out now, and then they'll have a run about and play, and then I'll put them back in again. And obviously, I send them across the river bank, so they're on the opposite side of the river. So obviously, because the shoots, the birds drop the opposite side of the guns. Yeah. So sometimes the dogs have got to be across the river. And go to the opposite side of the bank and find birds. Is that water setup you train in? Is that the actual estate that you hunt on, or is that just a different? It's the same river, just a different part. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's a real specific situation there that you're training for. Yeah. Interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. So let's say some of the river drives on the Instagram account that I might have four to six dogs there. And that's because they are the strongest dogs. Or yeah. most of the time, you probably just say the four of them. And I'll have the four boys, or I'll have three boys and three of the girls. So I've probably got seven dogs, eight dogs at the moment, which I would take that drive, and I would think you can go in out the water and you don't have to worry where the dogs are, because obviously I'm watching birds dropping. Right. So I just, I'm just sending a dog at a time to different locations. If one's in the water, one goes in, the other one goes in. And obviously, the more you're there, the more you can't watch your dogs. Sure. So I need, to, I need to have the best dogs on that drive. So in my mind, I know they're all fine. I know they're all in the water, pick the bird, 
and they'll come back out with me even after worry where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Back to that feel thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, you really feel your dogs. Yeah. And they, and they understand where you are and yeah. how, what ages, if you've only been doing this for five years, what are the, what are the ages of these dogs? I mean, are they, what's the youngest dog you're, t- you're confident on a, on a shoot like that with? On picking up wise, I've took dogs out at six months old picking birds. Um, but river wise, it's all back to the dog, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I've got I've got dogs that's probably two year old, that's really keen, strong, would just be in everything. And I've got dogs that's probably four year old, five year old, who I wouldn't put in the water in that sort of situation. Sure. Are you steadying them up really early? Do you steady them from the beginning? I just teach sit. Not not puppy wise. So the two pups I've got now, um, Gunner and Purdy, I, I don't really do anything with my puppies. I let them be pups. Yeah. So I'll mess about in the house with a rolled up sock or a tennis ball, having a few little retrieves. And then they're just playing and running about. And then obviously once they start hitting probably three, four months, they'll come out with me with my dogs walking. All my dogs would be the heel. The pup would be running and playing in front of my dogs. And then when I'm training with the launcher and stuff, I let the pup break, break, break. And then to keep the drive in the pup. Yeah. And then once I think, now it's time for you to sit, then I just bring it back in to sit. And it, So that's, that's how I turn my dogs. No set age on that, though. That idea of once you start to steady him, it just depends on that puppy. Depends on that puppy, yeah. Like I've got, I've got dogs, I'll be out with the launcher, and I'll fire a launcher. And as I've turned to look at my big dogs, the pups will be across the field. And I think, oh, now you're ready. Yeah. So the other day on the video, I'd been doing some retrieves with the big dogs, and I thought the launcher was in the field, and I thought, I'm going to get me puppy, see what it's like with the sound of it, start away from the launcher. Yeah. And obviously, I was out with that, set the launcher off into it, just marked the dummy. And I just see it selling the image around straight for the dummy, brought it straight back. Yeah. So, like I say, I don't, there's no specific age. It's just obviously in the dog. Right. Yeah. And you're letting them tell you. I've done nothing since. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done nothing with the, with her since. She hasn't been in the field with the dummy. She's been playing with a tennis ball outside. Yeah. And I just like my dogs to carry something from a young age. So I always give them balls, toys, so they're constantly what about with it in the mouth. Carrying. They're always carrying something. Yeah, always. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, when you when you start making decisions on breeding, I mean, are those some of the, th- the things that you're looking at character characteristics-wise and being oh, yeah, like- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always put two good dogs together. I always put the parents or the very two very good dogs. Yeah. Are, do you go back to? Have you picked? Have you when you started your breeding stuff? Have you? Have you? Is there any particular dog that like you don't have a website, do you? No, I don't have a website. No. Because I, I I'm always interested, and I don't, I don't want to be nosy, and I don't want to bother you with messaging and stuff too. But there are times when I see some of your dogs, and I'm I'm just curious as to. Who they're out of is your dog yeah. is your kennel a variety of dogs or do you look yeah at- yeah yeah I've got, yeah I've got, well i've got obviously i've got uh, some lake has dogs mm-hmm. 
so which is my friend the he owns the Lakers line. So sure, yep. Ace Field Trials, he's got champions. Yep, yep. Got I know that. I know that name well. Three or four, three or four, pitches, three or four pitches by Lay's dog, uh, Flint. Um, I've, but obviously, one of the bitches is from Flint. But our granddaughter's Todd, which is another Lakers dog champion. Um, I've got uh, Moose Milk, pups out of Moose Milk. Okay. Yep. Who's over your way now? Um, yep. I've got dogs from Drum Goose Iron Man who's over your way. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a Warlord bitch. Um, I've got a what's the other one? I'm trying to think which other ones. They're all from Champions. I'm trying to think of his name. I've got a couple of pups from Ireland out of Champions. I'm trying to think of the name of the uh, High Walk Alloway. Okay. A High Walk Alloway bitch. It was a very nice little bitch. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like you. It's not like you have a specific where you go, man. I'm building off of that dog. It's no. you pick and choose. Um, yeah. It's a lot of that is relationship stuff too for you, I suppose, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's that's interesting to me because I, I do think there's different style. I think everyone who breeds is yeah. kind of an artist, and yeah. everyone's got a little bit different style of art, and yeah. some are better fit. Than, I don't. I'm a big believer that I don't think there's bad dogs. I think there's fits that aren't the best for yeah. the handler and there are i, I definitely i like a softer dog i like a dog that's yeah. real biddable probably too soft for some people but i don't yeah. like putting a lot of pressure on them yeah i see i, I like a, a driven dog yeah see and that yeah. yeah like 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 my new red pup purdy i got her and i'm thinking she's too timid for me she's too timid yeah and then now she's totally different dog Six seven weeks later, it's totally different dog. Sure. So I just let her be. Yeah, I'll just let her be. Michelle, she was a bit quiet. So what I done was I had fourteen puppies myself. So I put her with my puppies to play with my puppies. Yeah, which sort of brought her out our shell because she was the dominant dog. Yep. And now she's she's a brilliant. She's going to be a brilliant. Without a shadow of a doubt, you can just say she's going to be one of them dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I. I know what you're saying. I have two right now that are litter mates. They're very different personalities. One's much bolder. What's one's and she's a lot of fun to work with. And then I've got this little one that's very, very independent kind of, she's laying next to me right now, actually. And she's just, she'll sit, she's a real thinker though. She'll sit there and she'll assess everything. She's, you can just tell her wheels are turning, but she, I could, there's a lot of people that I think wouldn't like her because she just doesn't want to always be involved. And, but I've, yeah. I've seen it change now in a couple of weeks and I've seen, and I, I feel like sometimes I'm a little impatient. Well, yeah. I'm a lot of times I'm impatient. Yeah. And that's one thing that dogs have, have taught me a lot of is the value of patience. And yeah. so, you know, I hear people say, I let them be a puppy. Like I heard you say it and I've said it before and I've heard every yeah. other person say, be a puppy. And I think the biggest thing that people don't recognize is, everyone's idea of what's being a puppy is so different yeah. because I feel like yeah. you can get in a lot of trouble if you just let them yeah. raise hell, you know? Oh yeah. I still have the foundations in there. Like the general obedience, like yeah. I still want them to sit. They still sit for food. Sure. Obviously the recall and the general obedience is there. It's just yeah. more the retrieving side. I don't force the retrieving side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I can see when, when I first started off, I had dogs picking rabbits at 15 weeks old. Know what I mean? And then when you've got this many dogs, you don't need to 
put the pressure on them other dogs because you've yeah. already got five or six other dogs that do the job with their eyes closed. Right. Right. So in one in one sense it's good that way, but then in other sense you're thinking I should have put a bit more time if he's in that dog, because it's it would have made a fantastic right. dog with right. more time. But all mine are solely to pick birds. So as long as they're picking birds, whether they're driven, steady dogs and calm, it doesn't matter as long as they pick that bird for me. Right. Right. Where the trialing boys will want something that's got a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think that is it. And, and I think that is the right, having the right tool to play the yeah. right game or what, you know, if you call yeah. it a game or, or to, to do the job, I guess. Yeah. And they're different jobs. And yeah. And I, I, I do think it's, I have a great appreciation for what you guys are doing over there because I, I think that it, as a rule, and I, I shouldn't, it's not always, and it's not always the opposite here, but I feel like as a rule, what I have, really come to appreciate is the ability to a value the natural inherent traits of the dogs that you guys have yeah. like it, it, you're not trying to you're not trying to do something with a, a, a dog that doesn't want to do it like I, wouldn't you agree like you're those dogs over there are... oh, yeah. yeah yeah like after the dog every dog i've trained there's probably only one dog that wouldn't be true for me, and because she, she was solely a woman's dog, so she would do everything. She's actually one of my puppies, our brother. Um, she's I've got a sister, yeah. and her sister's unbelievable. So I couldn't get the grasp, the grasp that she didn't want to retrieve from us, but she would retrieve for the wife. Sure, interesting. But she, she was just solely a woman's dog. Yeah, just and there's like there's not I couldn't I tried always. And it just wouldn't retrieve for me. Then soon as the wife brought her out, in and out, in and out. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's really, really interesting. I've never, ever had that before. Yeah. But, I mean, your your dogs, I, I think the, the the European dogs, I just, I do think that, and, and I, now I'm talking working dogs, but, like, I, I do think that they have a very, like, game finding and retrieve and that kind of stuff is just, yeah. I mean, it's in them and it's in for you guys, yeah. you bringing it out as opposed to, I think yeah. we, I think we have um, over here, we have, we have done up, we have very good trainers here in the States. And, yeah. and I'll, I will say that there's some excellent trainers, yeah. but I feel like what's, what it's hurt is the dogs themselves a bit in that we can get dogs to do stuff don't really want to do it. And I look at it and I go, that's not fun to me. Like I want it to be yeah. voluntary, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, but well, I, Martin, I, so I, I could talk all day on this and, but there's nothing spoiled in this end. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you forever, but there are, there were a few other things that I was going to ask you. Do you have a few minutes, more minutes to do it? Yeah, we've, yeah, been, yeah. we've been a good, a little over an hour now. And, I promise I won't go much longer, but um, in, in you, so your, your first year with your dog, like, so I'm always curious about, you know, I asked you about steadying them up because I've heard from a, a few different people. Yeah. There's a, um, you know, the, the name David Latham, you know, David, don't yeah, that yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. So I've yeah, got yeah. a few, I've got a few dogs oh, out see, of his. I've, I've... I've met him. Obviously, he's friends of friends. I don't know him personally sure. properly. Obviously, so he's friends of friends. 
I've 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 got dogs out of his kennel um that I really like yeah. um Bailey's you probably know the name Bailey's yeah 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 so I've got a couple of of uh, these puppies are are line bred out of Bailey and I really like them I, I've had six or seven puppies either out of Bailey or within yeah. a generation of them and I think a lot of it goes back to Bailey sire um, travel and. Right. It's just, it's a very consistent, it seems to be a very consistent style of dog for me. And, but I, I've, I've listened and I've messaged with David because I've done some business with him, but um, I've never talked with him, but I've listened to him on some podcasts and I heard him talk about steadying up pups and he, he didn't steady him up very young. And I, I tend to steady mine up pretty early. Um, And I, so I'm always interested in like, if you went and you don't, right? You don't steady them up. No, no, not 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 till they're practically. Well, it depends on what what drive the dog's got. Yeah, it's, it's a very driven dog, and it's switched on from the off. It'll probably start sitting six or seven months. I'll start steadying it with the pat, making it sit. But if it's just like take Vincent Zena, who's my homebred dog, she was just driven from day one. But so I let her be. And then I was like, right now it's time to come and sit where Rosie, my red dog, isn't quite driven. So you can just let her run all day, to be honest. Sure. And she's quite happy to sit there and watch the other dogs. And then you see her on and she'll go, oh, I'm having a go now. Sure. So, so she's almost do- naturally steady. Yeah, she'll just go and do the job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she'll just naturally just sit there and watch. I've got another girl, Millie. I've literally got a little pups in there from her now. Um, she's the same type of dog. And most of the videos she'll say I should be lying on the floor, just watching what's going on. But as soon as you call her name, she's like switched in a way, picks that bird, brings it straight back. And you get some dogs that's hungry for it, and you can get dogs that give or take. They're not, they'll do it if you want them to. Yeah. And they're not fussed what ask them to. What's your and what's your preference? I like a driven dog. Yeah. Yeah, I love. I'll just love a driven dog. And does it make your job harder to steady them because of it? A little bit, but that's the that's the best bit. Yeah, you enjoy that part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, in that first year, in that first year for you, because I got I was on a podcast yesterday actually with a guy that here in the states, and he asked me, "What's your first year look like with these retrievers?" And I told him. For me, I don't do a whole lot. I, I just don't. Yeah. I get good with my foundation. Like I just, I feel like once I have that, I can, the hunting yeah. part of it and the field part of it comes pretty natural to them. Yeah. Yeah. So I spend a ton of, I spend a ton of focus on that foundation, but I, I've come to believe that I used to have quite a checklist of stuff I wanted to do with them. And I feel like yeah. I've had better luck doing less i call it my buddy says do don't do more do less better and i i feel like that's a very been a very successful mindset for me yeah when you when you start out with a pup are they are they living in your house or are they kennel do they live in kennels yeah 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 my pups are in the house till this seven six seven month pups are in the house because like all my dogs to be house trained Obviously, yeah. the, before I had more than six dogs, they used to be in the house full time. Yeah. But obviously, when I got more than six dogs, the wife was like, right, now it's time to get out. Yeah. There's a... Obviously, I've got converted stables, all tiled on the floor heating yeah. and stuff. I've got fans in there. 
So it's actually sometimes it's warmer in the kennels than what it is in the house. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but obviously, I like the pups in the house because obviously you bond with the pup. You get that right. bond with it. Right. Lying on the set, watch the telly on your knee and stuff like that. And so that first, you're six, you're doing that for the first six, seven months. Yeah. Yeah. So and, in the house, the creature in the house. Yep. But minimal yeah, retrieving. Minimal retrieving. And just teaching them to walk on the lead, heal with you. Not even, I don't even really do a lead, to be honest. I, really? I don't really. You see people would put these on leads and they'll say it to me, why is your dog so good? What in hell am I? Because when you've got so many dogs, they tend to just follow suit. Sure. Like a pack. They're packing yeah, in. Pack. They come to heel and then I don't, for where I live, I don't need a lead. Yeah. So it's very rare. I put a lead on the dog. On some of the videos you've seen, put a lead on. I tend to put a lead on if I'm walking and a couple of them stuck behind stiffing something. So I'll yeah. bring them all back in. So I'll put a couple of leads on. And once one or two has got a lead on, the rest of them think, I best walk with him, otherwise I'm going on a lead. Sure. So it's doing well, it in a group. You're walking. you're doing it in a group. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is which is effective time wise for you too. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Because you're obviously getting. I, yeah, obviously I walk my boys and girls. All I've got a big courtyard outside. Not my boys and girls are together all day, every day, and my boys are not interested in the girls unless they're coming into the peak. Right. And then that's where you'll see is I'll be out with the boys and out with the girls separately because yeah. I've probably got the bitches in season. Sure. But 95% of the time, they're all together. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and it's almost a luxury of having the larger, the bigger group of dogs. What, yeah. like, as a kennel, you, I, I know it's on your, and I, I think, again, I think uh, there's different rules over there than what we have over here, but like on your, on your Instagram, it's a light. I think it says licensed breeder. Like, is that something yeah, yeah. you have to get like a permit for to be yeah, breeding well, dogs? Obviously, obviously, the UK Kennel Club lets you have two litters of puppies without being a registered breeder. Okay. And anything over that, you need to be a registered breeder. And obviously, each district, bit like, is has got the council. Okay. But you've got to be a registered breeder with the council if you're breeding two or more litters. Sure. So that's the threshold is if you're over yeah. two litters, you got to be a licensed yeah. breeder. The council will come out, they'll inspect your property, where your puppies are. Really? And what your facilities are like, yeah. Interesting. Is there a lot of, are there a lot of? Your dogs have got. Yeah, there's quite a few, yeah. And then obviously you've got to take all your dogs to a vet, what they recommend for your breeding. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Now, as a as a rule, like is to have fifteen dogs on site of your own. Is that is that big or small on average compared to most? Not if most picking up guys in the UK will have ten plus dogs. Okay, yeah. I mean, you almost have to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like you see, you can. You, some people obviously, if you go on on the gross mower, which is six days a week. Some people rotate them, they'll take five or six dogs one day, leave them in, take another five or six. Yeah. And then always pick a few out the other one. Right. And all in just right. all, like I say, it all depends on the dog and the terrain and the deer. Yeah. Some people's got the same pack of dogs and they take them out six days a week. It just right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's almost an advantage the way you're describing some of that training with those young dogs. 
to have a a, a good group size wise of yeah. well trained older yeah. guys. I mean, you uh, you uh, leverage uh, on it. Yeah, I find personally, I think a lot of it is good learned behavior. Yeah. Like even when, like I say, when people when I bring people's dogs in for training, they are walked with my dogs, train with my dogs. A good thing for a pack of dogs is the recall and following suit from my dogs. Right. So I got sit, sit my dogs 100 yards away, sit the new dog with the dogs, recall it. The dog's never heard a whistle in its life. But it picks up straight away. Oh, when he's picking that whistle. Right. These dogs are yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, it's actually really smart. And I've, I've looked at it. My approach has always been, I separate my puppies because I feel like I lose their focus pretty yeah. easily when there's, but, but if you've got a good group of dogs that maintain the focus on you, they're going to key, key off of that as well. Yeah, I, I do do I do do one to one with them as well at a young age. Yeah, like obviously you're not just solely flung the pack of dogs and then you're in there for the day. I will go in the field and I'll take one or two or one or if I've got a dog in for training, depending on what we're working on, like a dog who doesn't want to really retrieve properly, I'll sit that dog up and I'll just my dogs will just be retrieving in and out. And then all of a sudden that dog will think, oh, I want to go this. Sure. And I'll fire the retrieve and the dog will be off down the field retrieving. When you say sit him out, will you like tether him or will you just tell him to sit and hey, he's got a steady sit? He's that steady to the sit. I use a healing collar, which is obviously just a short label to toggle on. Yeah. And I'll just hold the dog up steady. Sure. Okay. Um, that's yeah. how I study it. I use that steady dog also. So if she got the dog there, so the dog doesn't break. So I'll keep it on that. Yep. Set the launcher off a few times. I'll walk out, pick the dummies up, come back, set her back up. Sit the dog up again, keep firing and firing and firing until I can leave. Go that toggle. So you're you're steadying them up. You're holding them. You're steadying them up until you're kind of building that excitement, and then giving it to them. Yeah, there's a lot of treat training over here at the moment. Everybody yeah. wants to give a dog a treat for being good, but it doesn't give you the end goal at the end of the day. I don't think. No, I I think, I think it's and I don't want to ruffle people's feathers, but I feel like there's a lot of bribery and I feel like it's a, it's not a, I always say it's incomplete training. Like yeah. I feel like it's, it's tricking. And I, I don't, for me, and I, I feel like I don't want to trick. I want a behavior. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's, a, that's my goal when it comes to training is to, to develop behavior that's consistent in places where there's distraction. And I just feel like that has to be a behavior thing, not necessarily a, a reward incentivized thing with a piece of kibble yeah well well mine is the retrieving of whatever the retrieving is their reward sure sure absolutely I, yeah i, and I think people, i get people saying to me why are you not giving the dog a stroke or a pat after he's done the retrieve because he's done his job he's retrieved what he retrieved sure doesn't need a pack doesn't need a pat in the head sure sure no that's interesting too um yes yeah, so it's really it's really it's cool. I and you you do or you don't bring people in for training, like just just your clients. Just just obviously, if I've got a dog in for training, when them come to collect the dog, we'll run through the process of what I've done with the dog. Yeah. On when people come, they'll fill a form in what the expectations are or what they want to achieve with that dog, and obviously I'll work on them. And obviously, recall isn't built in two weeks. Yeah. Recalls. 
it's ongoing. Yeah. It's like everything's ongoing. There's no such thing as a 100% trained dog. You're constantly right. training. Right. Uh, so what we do, I do all general obedience, obviously walking tail and off the lead, stuff like that, retrieving, yeah. retrieving the hand, because I've had dogs in that's been tree trained. It's running back to you, and the first thing it wants to do is spit that dummy out, and where right. it's going to be treat. Right, right. And unintended consequences and of the treat training, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating as anything to yeah. get to the point where the dog gives you the dummy. Yeah. But it, it does. It's it's like, it's, it's all time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get it, man. I, I think... I think it'd be, I mean, it would just be fascinating to watch. And so that's the one thing that I probably maybe, and maybe that's part of this secret sauce too. Like you have done, I mean, how, how long have you been on social media? Well, I used to, I used to have, when I was mountain biking, I had about 30,000 followers mountain biking. Okay. And then obviously stopped mountain biking and moved here. It probably has dropped down to 21 ish. And then obviously it just creeped back up and then, it just went wild. It's huge. Yeah. Like you have more followers than anyone I know. Um, it was, it was, it's, I think it was more through the shooting season. Um, it, for some reason, it just obviously some of the videos were just going mental. Like, um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name from Fail Dog Life. I can't think of it either right now. I know what you're saying, though. Yeah. 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 Uh, I did a yeah, pod, I did like a he, podcast with him once. Yeah. 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 Well, obviously, he asked me to do a podcast for on Ace Page. Um, beginning of the year and obviously I give him the same reason I give you last year yeah. obviously I, I didn't like talk and want to walk on um, me sound my own voice but when I get sure. talking I never stop sure sure yeah no, I <laughs> um, you, man. so he, he was saying it's about TikTok he says oh you're not on TikTok Mark. and I says oh no he went oh you should get on TikTok you'll do good on there and then obviously I'm on TikTok now and I've nearly got 800,000 on TikTok as well sure, sure. and then um, yeah. he, messaged, he messaged a few weeks ago and says bye i've just seen how many followers you got on tiktok i bet you're glad i tell you right right no well, yeah <laughs> i mean it is yeah. really impressive and yeah. and, and it, what it what it probably does for me and, and i'm sure others because i have other friends that have mentioned you to me and i'm like God, i messaged with them along it was in 2020 that we tried sending you yeah. i tried sending yeah, you some like, stuff like, it ended up in brazil yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, I'm I'm normally sitting with my dog bone t-shirt on. Actually, ah, oh, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've normally I've normally got it on. Actually, uh, I, 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 was, I was I was going to put on purposely for you. Oh man, you really would have made me feel good next time. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I I feel like one of the things that is interesting to me is how you deliver it, and it probably makes me want more. And it's like, yeah. that's why, and that's exactly why I reached out to you because I really wanted to, to talk with you and get a feel because you can kind of get feel. I mean, you know it as well as I do. Like social media is um, a great, I think it's a great, oh, yeah. but it's also hard to yeah. tell if it's, if it's real or not. And, and, yeah. and what I see, and I think it's a strength of yours is the authenticity of it because it's super quiet and it's just you working your dogs. But it yeah. makes me want more. It makes me want yeah. to understand. Well, how? How is he? Yeah. What? What led up to him doing this? Which yeah. some of this shit blew my mind. Like I can't yeah. believe some of your answers as far as like the short amount of time. And it's yeah. it's really fascinating. But 
And so, Martin, I, I really appreciate you sharing with me the time that you did. And, and I'd love to, I'd love to probably do it again sometime. I'll give you a break to catch your breath. Cause I, I, I did take a lot of your time and, but Let's, it mean it does mean a lot to me and I really appreciate your willingness to do it. Yeah. What, so I'll, uh, and uh, this is the old formal ending thing, but like it's, it's slingly the, the actual, is it all slingly gun dogs for, for all your, um, yeah. that's TikTok. Yeah. Instagram and Facebook. TikTok um, and Facebook. But F Facebook, to be fair, I think I've been shadow banned on Facebook because I had 400,000 followers last year and it hasn't gone any further. Oh, really? Because obviously yeah. I, was getting, I was getting reported for child abuse and stuff like that, just random people reporting us. Yeah, that's so, such a... You know, like, and then leaving reviews on your page. And TikTok's a bit similar, to be honest. I keep getting reported on TikTok. I, I, I kind of put a bird video on TikTok. Sure. Yeah. Same here. We, we've yeah, been, we've yeah, been reported on a few yeah. things and yeah. I actually think our account is like permanently yeah. I don't know, flagged or something right now, but um, call, it, call it shadow band. Okay. Yeah. Well, the guys, Ben, you met Ben and Logan before we started here. Those yeah. guys are the brains behind the tech stuff. I'm just the guy that yeah. likes working yeah. with the dogs, but um, Martin, I appreciate your time. Um, I, I really do genuinely appreciate what you offer and share with with folks like us um i thank you for taking the time to talk with me and i i hope i hope we're able to maybe do this again sometime yeah definitely yeah appreciate it